Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochileo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers, Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, psychic and author of Hoodoo Cleansing and Protection Magic, and monthly co-host, Jared Murphy, Author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you are interested in contributing to this podcast, go to everythingimaginable2020.com. You'll find a whole bunch of information there on how you can contribute. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Jeffrey Weinstein, Quantum Energy Master. Thank you for coming on today, Jeffrey. Thank you very much for having me, Gary. So um, I was just reading through your bio, and um, you were hit by a train? Well, what happened was um, I was driving in the country one day, and it will be 10 years ago in September. Um, and um, it, well, it was a bright and sunny day. And uh, in fact, well, the sun was glaring. And uh, it was the type of thing, it wasn't the, the type of, uh, the train, as I approached the train, I heard like lights and and uh, the, the, the bells, but there was no barrier to block the car that came down to block the, the car from uh, going any further. So... Uh, but just somehow it just didn't process in my mind. It didn't register in my mind that the train was coming. And I just kept driving and hit the train as it was passing through. So. Wow. And, yeah. uh, and when I was reading, it sounds like you had sort of um, a near-death, out-of-body experience. Yeah. It, um, I was not... Uh, like uh, after a certain point, I was, I was not or fully uh, conscious physically. I was somewhere else. So uh, just one of these things, like mind lapse to a higher dimension, and I was not in a state of physical conscious awareness, and. Um, and just came and sort of like it was like an in and out kind of experience that went by very fast interesting um yeah. and, and prior to this event though you did have some other spiritual training do you think that affected the near-death experience or um no well um well, it was that, 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 that was an important component of it for years and years of my experience with meditation and studying uh, spiritual knowledge, different bodies uh, of uh, spiritual knowledge, primarily Eastern and uh, Eastern tradition, Eastern yogic uh, traditions of 
spirituality and spiritual knowledge and uh, just uh, picking up meditation again. Um, and uh, it was um, that in conjunction with universe just um, creating the right time, the right scenario for me to have this type of experience and to reach the crossroads and crossing over the crossroads and and hitting a point of no return. There was no looking back. There was no going back. I had to just only look forward and uh, go forward. Uh, so, so do you think it was meant for you to have this experience as part of your spiritual journey? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, how how did it change things afterwards? Uh, well, it, it was just um, um, like a boost, a boost of energy that I I knew that um, you know this is this is who I am and this is uh, this is what I had to do. Hmm. Um. Did it change your perspective on reality at all? Yeah, it was, it, it, maybe not so much change, but as I would say, to reconfirm, reaffirm the perspective of that um, physical reality is a transient changing reality. And that through near-death experience, there is an absolute reality. There's a higher, higher reality, a higher dimension, another world uh, from which we came, and a higher world and uh, dimension that is influencing and changing this world and the physical dimension. After the uh, experience, did you... Well, one, during the experience, um, did you actually want to come back? Or did you resist coming back? And once you did return, um, did you kind of regret that decision or regret having to come back to your body? I didn't regret having to come back. And I wasn't, for for the first while, I wasn't really sure what happened. Uh, I, knew, I knew it was something of like a metaphysical nature. And uh, it wasn't really until I regressed myself in a self-hypnotic state that I went through the whole scenario and saw where I went and what happened. And then it came, came clear uh, for me, it came clear into focus of um, what this was, what it meant, and um, what, I was, what I was supposed to do with it that I was um, meant to come back. I was, I was sent uh, to, to come back because, and everything, everything that every, everybody who writes about this, uh, researches this or writes about this, it, it, I saw it. I saw it in that hypnotic state. I saw it in that regression of, of um, like they say that if, you are not meant to stay 
in that dimension. It was just a near-death experience, and then you would, like, return to the physical. You would only see and meet with the uh, chief elder of your uh, council of elders. If it was, like, really a permanent, meant to be a permanent stay, mm -hmm. that you were stay there, then the whole, you, you would be not just, you would have the, the, the chief elder, elder of councils, but all of the elders were sort of like gathered around in a meeting together. But, you know, it was just this chief elder, this being or entity of a, a very, I don't know, it was like elder wise being, I don't know, and it looked very ethereal and all that and everything you can imagine. Um, that um, sort of like, you could say like sort of like a false alarm, sort of like, okay, this is just an experience along your path and uh, you're meant to go back um, to continue the work you, you started and to um, expand your work. And, and then from there on, after everything I, I went through in recovering, through that, through the PTSD and everything, and and trying sort of, sort of figuring out my mind, and it was um, healing, it was a healing process uh, for me, and was definitely um, the uh, propulsion to to set me on of the of um, uh, being acting as a, a conduit of energy healing, a healer, energy healer, and to later on even teaching it, teaching that um, to to others. Uh, now we had a series, started the quantum energy healing program and started a series of uh, courses and workshops. Uh, were you already healing before the event? Were you already a, a, an energy healer? No, 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 not really. I was just, um, all I was doing was, uh, all I ever did before was like meditation and leading meditation. I guess I could, I was able to heal in the sense of, um, in the capacity of being a meditation leader or meditation teacher or facilitator. Yeah, that you could say, yes, that I, I was doing some healing, but not the type of work that uh, I started um, after this experience, months after, months later. So, mm. so, so how did you know? How did you know afterwards um, that it was meant for you to start using, um, to learn these healing techniques, start using them, and then start teaching them? It just, everything just made sense. Everything just fell into place intuitively. And metaphysically, everything, just all the pieces of the puzzle just fell into place that, yes, this was uh, an important experience, a juncture in my uh, healing journey, in my, in my journey, in my, in my uh, spiritual growth and spiritual journey. And uh, yes, I had, I had to use, I had these gifts, I always had these gifts, but I had to use these gifts. Um, to, to, to really put it into action and really uh, put it to work. Yeah. 
Um, so what type of healing modalities do you look, do you practice? Um, well, I developed a, a, a kind of system of healing. It's uh, quantum healing. I call it quantum energy healing. So it would be like Reiki. Like we, we, we entitled it Beyond Reiki Quantum Energy Healing with the various different levels. So it would be start off basically with the basics of, of Reiki, but make it a lot less uh, complicated and a lot easier for people to learn and and assimilate um, a lot mostly through experience. And then the two, the two ones I was working with were most actually were Reiki and quantum touch because I had I learned some quantum touch and worked with quantum touch in uh, various settings and workshops and, and practicing it. So those, those were the two major ones. Afterwards, I evolved into some other some other modalities as well. I, evol I evolved my own uh, modality of healing through this using quantum energy, quantum energy healing. Um. Uh, one of the things that I noticed too that you do also um, is hypnosis. Is that correct? No, I don't. Yeah. I I don't really work with uh, hypnosis. Um, I was I use like um, meditation. Meditation. Um, we, I led a lot of groups of, in uh, meditation in our uh, so like psychic workshops and um, meditation workshops or mediumship workshops, um, which um, is using um, like this, uh, the same kind of processes um, as you would lead someone into hypnosis, but, but it's like guided meditation so after a certain point, there they have to, like they're on their own. It's mm -hmm. up to them to to uh, take over the journey themselves, rather than be constantly uh, micromanaged as, as you would in hypnosis. So, yeah. so how does the energy healing work? Uh, vibrations. It's my uh, vibrations, subtle, subtle vibrations, metaphysical vibrations um, that I I transmit to somebody because we're all like um, high, highly electrical beings and we're vibrating all the time. You know, it's like we meet someone that says, you can feel the vibes, oh, it's good vibes, wasn't good vibes, it was bad vibes, it was weird vibes. It's always like vibes, vibe, you know, you get a certain vibe from somebody, but it comes from your energy. So my energy is focusing universal energy through me. That's pure energy, pure energy that it's um, uh, creates a kind of uh, electrical chemical field to the other person. And uh, they feel the vibrations and... Uh, they feel the effects, they feel the vibrations, able to relax. Most of it is really just like relaxing the nervous system. 
I could do that without touching, just just hands off, do it with with vibrations and um, focusing my vibrations in a way that um, they feel uh, great energy, high energy, or through uh, contacting and um, working on certain centers. Uh, in their body to move energy with them for them to release energy and i had uh, several experiences whereby uh, what was what we really needed was a release of energy because they had pent up emotions of tension anxiety depression and then after when it released it was like like uh like a breaking down of resistance but like a breaking down of ego resistance and crying and letting go and a release after that release, like it feels so much better, you know? So it doesn't take very long uh, for them to release that energy and, and feel, feel uh, better that uh, good enough that they feel they can function um, uh, more, more comfortably. So, yeah. During the healing sessions, do you focus on chakras or meridians or anything like that? And how do you know where to go? I work on different chakras. I, I do, how I work is, um, it, it's very intuitive. It's a very uh, psychic and intuitive process um, for me, like, like it is for, for many people who, who use Reiki or other forms of modalities of energy healing. We're, we're super intuitive beings um to get into the person's energy field connect with the person's energy field and sort of do a scan of their energy field to uh, discover and um, detect areas where more energy is needed so it could be the head it could be the heart it could be like around the solar plexus in the third chakra uh, or it could be the third eye or the heart chakra, but wherever the energy is most needed. Most of the time, mostly it's um, in the third chakra. And third, too much energy is blocked in the third chakra. So that has to be moved and released and circulated to create an even flow of energy throughout the whole person's being and aura. So to, to circulate that energy for balance, for equilibrium. What does that mean? Like, what does what is the third chakra for? And how how do you you know like what are the symptoms of a blocked third chakra? Um, like, um, well, just uh, having emotions, having a certain like. Uh, always going around feeling the same emotions of um, uh, it could be uh, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of depression, feelings of anger, frustration, um, fear is a big one. So, so fear uh, with a lot of people, uh, the, the fear is blocked in the third chakra. So they're in it, so they're imbalanced. That's, that's the source of their imbalance because it's too much. They're, they're storing a lot of uh, emotions and fear in that 
in that third chakra. That's the, you're like your gut feelings, your gut feelings. Like if you go, you go into a place where you could sense it's possibly dangerous, you could, you'll feel it right there. It's a gut feeling. So, you know, it's like an early warning. The, the body, our, uh, our body has, um, through the nervous system, has, has like an early warning system. Hmm. Um, what are some of the most common things that people come to you for? Um, uh, letting go of um, blocked emotions. Hmm. Letting go of uh, very heavy, low vibrations and, and emotions and feelings of uh, depression, and uh, anger, unfulfillment, dissatisfaction that we carry around for years, sometimes even decades, um, that uh, they couldn't figure out, nobody else could figure out, and um, just feeling like going around, well, I don't really, I'm not really happy. I just have this unhappiness, but I don't know where it's coming from. I have this feeling, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know, I don't know why I'm so. I'm so unhappy, uh, you know, and so that affects, so if you're feeling that, that affects everything personal in your, your entire life, although some people can be still very successful in their careers, but in their personal relationships or family relationships, it poses an obstacle because there's a block there where they're not able to reach the level of fulfillment that um, is desired for them, is optimal for them in their life. Have you ever encountered any of those problems in your own life that you had used energy, uh, that where you had somebody else use energy healing on you to take care of those issues? Um, I used, uh, I never really went to energy healers um, that much. I, I mean, I had back problems. I went, I went to, um, like, um, a healer it was an acupuncturist, but he was also like into energy healing and, and that, um, where there was, uh, blocked energy, I think. And I, I saw him a few times. So, so that was, and, and I did see one years before in the past. So that was the only times maybe I went to see, um, like maybe healers, energy healers, but, but it wasn't subtle, wasn't as subtle as all that. It was, it was just like, you know, a mechanical problem caused by, um, blocked energy. And there's other metaphysical spiritual reasons of like, for example, not the back is like not, um, not feeling safe not feeling uh, secure, not feeling you have enough support in your life, you don't feel safe, uh, and, and your, your mind needs that reassurance and uh, proof that uh, you, are, you will be secure or you are secure and you'll be, you'll be safe in your life, you know. Hmm. <laughs> so, so why do people need to feel safe in life if we're not really our bodies to begin with? Well, the body, the body tells you certain things. The body will speak to you in a way. The body will tell you certain things that your mind may not be aware of. You know, so, so, so somebody may, 
like in their mind and somewhere um, think that everything's all, like, like there's nothing, like there's no blocks. Everything's all right. Everything's in equilibrium, you know, until something like they got a, a tumor somewhere in their body or they have some kind of episode, some kind of health crisis and the body's telling you, well, you know, something's not right here or you have to change something or, you know, uh, you, you, you're not, you're not in balance. You're not, you're not, you're really not, not in balance or, or there's a problem there that you've been ignoring for a long time. And the, the, uh, the consciousness of the body, because because every cell in the body, it, there's conscious, it's consciousness. So the consciousness of every cell and tissue and muscle organ of your body, and uh, through, right through your nervous system, will will react and respond to imbalances uh, within your entire being, imbalances between between the physical, emotional, and spiritual. Or um. Are a lot of physical or are, are physical ailments caused by our emotional and spiritual states? Or is it oh, sometimes yes. the other way around mm -hmm. where our physical condition affects our phys you know, the other way around, our emotional and physical spiritual parts? The um the root the root cause may often be from like emotional, spiritual uh, states of being, as a, a lot of diseases because it's emotions, blocked emotions, that are that are manifesting in in some way to create some kind of condition in your life, and uh, threatens your immune system and wears down your immune system. It's like pumping out too much cortisol hormones that's uh, suppressing your immune system a lot you know um and uh, you know if, if people who were born with a certain physical condition i mean the physical could affect the spiritual and vice versa so your physical and emotional yes it has an effect on the soul yes it does whatever you think whatever you feel it does affect you spiritually it does have an effect on your soul and your soul could have a reverse effect on you physically. So the energy of the soul has the capacity to mitigate and even overcome certain physical ailments and, and uh, mental or physical conditions. One of the things that, that comes up a lot on my program and with other guests is the idea of negative entities attaching themselves to people causing all types of issues have you come across that i had even one one woman one italian woman who actually was so distraught and so tormented by negative energy that she believed someone else was sending that her ex-husband's girlfriend was sending to her and that was crippling her and like throwing her off and everything and she was the poor woman was like suffering, 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 suffering so much from these um, that negative energy, which uh, could be an entity that uh, attaches 
to the person's being, the person's like ethereal or uh, auric uh, being, and has effect on the person, actual person, physical being. And I felt, I felt a lot of energy around her head that there was as though there was a helmet of energy around her head, which um, actually she said, I, I corroborate what, what some healer in California told her. So it wasn't really the first time she was hearing that and she was like having headaches, but at least what, the work I did with her alleviated her, her headache and she was able to get somewhat more bounces because she came in like very walking very imbalanced as though she was dizzy and she, and she was like a drunk person she was like off balance and totally off completely totally off totally distraught and then at least she was able to um it did have, uh, walk out um better not it wasn't quite as severe although there was a lot of things she she had to work out but i mean negative negative thoughts and negative energy negative entities are bombarding everybody every single day every single human being on this planet is is not immune to that to negativity negative thoughts will be bombarded with negative thoughts and we think it's our own negative thoughts but very likely it could be coming from from beyond from source force and it manifests as entities that attached to our energy field and many people they can't get rid of it they're living with can't get rid of it can't get rid of it you know and you're hosting it but if you say stop i won't host this negative entity negative energy anymore you know gradually it just it won't it'll go somewhere else like go somewhere else you know just well morph and into something else or transcend somewhere else. But you decide, well, no, I'm not going to be attached to this and just let go of the, the idea in your mind, your ego, that you have to carry this around with you. Um, it's a, it's a complete untruth. Mm -hmm. You know? Interesting. Have you come across people that are suffering from past life trauma? Past, um, yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of conditions of uh, people have encountered has to do with, to a certain extent, one extent or another, is uh, past lives trauma, which is like. They have an expression in uh, a Tibetan expression. The Buddhists say samskara, past impressions of past lives. So you have samskaras of that, you know, carry forward into this lifetime and came from many, 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 many lifetimes going back even hundreds and thousands of years. Um, <clears throat> these are like um, samskaras. So it's like, your, your soul is scarred. Like if you imagine like the soul and there's still scars on the soul that haven't been healed in past lives and still need to be healed uh, in your current life, in your current day-to-day -day, day -day life now, uh, which is why a lot of people want, uh, want past life regression. They want, they want to see 
what the source is. They want to see what happened. They want to experience what happened. And there's that, you know, well, once you see it and understand it, that's more than half the battle of just, uh, of just letting go. Because then you don't have to fight with it anymore. So how does energy work? Come and play with that. Like if you're not using hypnosis to do past life, you know, regression, define that type of trauma. How do you do it as an energy healer? Is it just like the intuitive thing? Um, well, I do it through I do it through guided meditation, and well, I, I mix elements of hypnosis, but it's a lot of guided meditation. Um. um on an intuitive basis to to getting into the person's energy field and guiding them to where at a place where they are um, in a state of wellness and uh, working with that going to going to that source um, and uh, and just feeling what um what they're what they're going through and uh for them to see so um but it's not it's not something that i i work very much with uh on an individual level i did a several uh group regression group past life regressions where after people just recounted their experiences and got a lot of interesting things but um one and one, I could just do it intuitively without regressing the person and say, well, yeah, well, in your childhood was like this. And now I, f- I feel you, you know, in past lives, you had this and this type of experience. So what you're describing comes from something that some experience you got from somebody else in a past life. How about you personally? Do you have any recollection of your past lives? Oh, I I was doing self uh, hypnotic past life regressions um, since two thousand nine when I started. It was two thousand yeah, it was two thousand nine that I started doing it um, initially with help of a CD from uh, Brian Weiss. Um, and uh yeah i was like it's like i kind of i got hooked on it it was kind of like a drug and i got like uh so many things opened up i got hitting like past past lives of hundreds of years ago even a thousand or more years ago um yeah and then we 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 had we met a friend we made a friend of, of a psychic medium who was doing akashic records so she did my Akashic records, and that opened up like 16 lives of just like the headlines and just briefly describing what, what I did in life, what my life about life was all about, and just sort of thematically summing up everything. There, there was a, there's usually a common pattern to your, your array, your, your series of, of past lives of, uh, of a mission or like a common thread. Of that in every past life you there was a commonality within you because the soul because there's an element of the soul that's it's it's always not going to change it's always going to stay permanent absolute through 
millenniums through through every every past lives. Just the, the forms and the different scenarios will, will always be different, will always be changing, but the the root essence of the soul is um the, the Hindus say they they always say the self, the self self is is a permanent absolute uh, entity uh, unchanging <laughs> did you have any past life uh experiences that you recall um where you had lived on atlantis no not no. uh no that's not, something that, that seems to be pretty common no. with uh energy healers not, not um yeah, I, like I feel, uh, I very often felt a connection with Atlantis, but I never really had an explicit uh, past life regression experience where I could actually see and visualize in detail that, that one particular lifetime. Hmm. Hmm. Um, one of the things mm -hmm. also I found interesting when I was looking at your website, and this is pretty uncommon for, for people that are any whole well not so it makes the holistic like, like like most people that are into the energy healing are pretty much into the eastern philosophies but one of the things that you've studied is Kabbalah which is western how did you uh, get interested in that well it was after I started studying the, the eastern uh, tradition of knowledge and Eastern philosophies that um, I wanted to have a connection with some of my own, my own tradition. And another, it was like another, it was, I was curious, I was very curious in it and in, so intrigued in a way, interested in uh, getting familiar with it, learning to see, compare and contrast that with what I had already studied and uh, meditated on in the in the eastern in the eastern philosophy i found that there was some some commonalities and some something of uh that um of the, the perception perception of uh of reality of uh this um so the like living in in a backdrop kind of a reality that is impermanent and transient um and that there's more to life there's another world like like based on the sages say world to come world to come we're just in the foyer of what's to come we're just in the foyer of a higher world and a world to come, which is alluding to and referring to uh, eternal spiritual life. Which school of uh, Kabbalah did you uh, look into? Was it the like the, the Jewish mysticism side of it, or did you dive into like some of the occult side of it that's you know used like in you know the like high ceremonial magic? Um, no, more the the mystical. More uh, uh, Jewish mysticism, the, the mystical, the mystical side of uh, of, of it, mystical, spiritual, ethereal uh, side. Um, 
I was I was never um, really that that uh, interested in in delving too much into into that kind of like occult magic hocus pocus uh, paranormal aspects. No. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I, like I'm very familiar with like the occult side of it, but I'm not very familiar too much familiar with the Hebrew part of it. You know, like I know the letters corresponding to the different paths on the tree of life and, and that kind of part, that part of it. Um, I don't know. I guess they're sort of the same. Yeah, it says uh, reception of the divine, of a divine entity, of the divine presence of something which is unknown to the mind, it's unknown to the world physically, and uh, getting back in touch with your your essence, your source of that that divine being, which is also often referred to as Shekhinah, the feminine presence of of the divinity, divine feminine presence. <laughs> wow. Um... So what, what do you think are some of the commonalities between Kabbalah and some of the Eastern, uh, yeah, some of the Eastern philosophies such as Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism? Um, well, the the, the um, um, immortality of life, immortality, immortality of the soul. Um, the connection of the soul with uh, the infinite, the infinite presence, the, the the infinite nature of the soul, which is divine, divine presence, and uh, the the immortality of life, immortality of the soul, which is common in, in all traditions of mysticism. It's a common thread. Mm-hmm. What do you think the big difference is between mysticism and religion is? Uh, religions, uh, mysticism is uh, more working with uh, like a non-physical, the non-physical divine intuitive aspects of our being as human beings. Religion is um, sort of like, I see it as like condescending to people and, and like teaching them how to act in this world, how to you know, be a good person, how to act and interact with your fellow beings, and how how to how to be in this world, how to how to find some fulfillment in this world, um, only focusing on and only premised on that you were born, and then there's death, and then maybe you'll have another life. But we don't know, but we won't talk about it right now. You see, because we don't want you to sit in this life. Mm-hmm. You know, they only focus on the, the, like the, the, the bad things, the sins you've committed in this life that you have to atone for, that you have to confess to, that you have to, you know, get your Hail Marys or, or fast and atone for every year. Um, and, there is no um, notion of 
the divine as the real divine aspect of the being. Although, the, although, in, con- in contradiction to that, they say you were created, you were made in created in the image of your creator, that divine God, that divine God being. But nobody in religion is going to tell you, well, you're a God being. It's your true nature, you know. Your God being not not a not a human being. That's mm-hmm. that's who you, who you really are. But you're you're in human form. Right. You see, you're a human being trying to emulate some unknown God being. You see, so that's that's a whole that's a whole play on uh, you know uh, just keeping a flock. You know, teacher. Uh, a priest or minister or rabbi, uh, keep, you know, keep, keeping uh, hold teaching, always having people around him to teach and keeping a flock. <laughs> right. Um, so when you, you mentioned before, as the beginning of the episode, uh, that during your um, near-death experience, you came across an elder. And you also mentioned that there's a council of elders. Can, can you explain that to me a little bit more? Um, well, you have, um, uh, like, um, on the other side, in the other life, um, what uh, the school the school of thought, which which I believe is true, it's real, is is that before you you incarnate you you have every soul uh reconvenes with their council of elders you know and uh it's it's kind of like uh okay well uh you know are you ready to be reborn yes i think i'm ready to be reborn and you know like uh um uh what what have you what have you learned from your past lives and like what what do you hope what I hope to learn in, in this life and and you know so so you come in as just pure joy pure love and like all all uh, in p- pure um in essence and then when you when you go back after this life as soon as you go back and they're saying life review you have your council of elders, you have a life review. Well, what did you learn from this life? Like, it's like, what would you have done differently? You know, um, and uh, uh, just, just like that. Um, so you have, so if it was not just merely a near death experience you returned and it was more of a permanent, transition transcendence that you really actually transition from this world to the spirit world then you you would be meeting with your the whole the entire council of elders and have what they call uh, a life review you know so so you'd have like like a, a it's like a conference a meeting oh, and not sounds, just sounds terrible so um uh, but no, it's not. It's these are these are past guides. It's not. It's not all that bad. It's for. It's the soul of uh, the way of looking at it. It's for 
um, the, the growth of the soul and development of the soul. Like, like no one's judging you. No one's judging any soul that said, you know, like you, you did, uh, you know, you did this, you did this bad, this life. Well, you did this and this and this. You said this and this, this, this and you hurt this person. You did this. this. They're not going to do that. They're going to. They're just going to say. You're just going to. Uh, um, they're there to help you. They're help help you for growth and to be your guides. And it's all meant and to in well-meaning and in love and for your own first um, spiritual development. And no, there's nothing uh, like harsh or judgmental about it. So, mm. I still dread it. <laughs> I am not looking forward to having to review my my life of debauchery with a bunch of spiritual beings. <laughs> well, they're your guides. They're your guides. They 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 are actually like they they are forms of in essence of you of different you know if there's twelve entities or like beings mm -hmm. like it's you in sort of like twelve different spiritual forms. So. You know, we can be our own worst judge. That's the thing. We can be our own worst judge. And you don't have to be. No one has to be. We can be, you know, often the habit uh, with people is it's something, something's, oh, and they feel remorse or get it. And they feel it's bad. Why? Because somebody told them it was bad. Because maybe your minister or... Uh, a police officer, the government said it was bad. <laughs> you know, someone from the government said it was bad, or maybe more more likely, like your father and mother or your minister said mm -hmm. it was bad. It was a sin. So you carry that impression with you for the rest of your life and into the afterlife, into future lives. Even you can carry that. <laughs> so long as there's an aspect of myself, then I can just be okay with that. Because then I can just tell myself, "That was a good life of sin you lived." So, I mean, what, what's, it's labeled sin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like labeled sin, of course, but they, they know that it was, okay, you did certain things that were harmful to it. It was just through your own ignorance that uh, you did these things and these things happen. So, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I'm always sort of a conflict with, with with that part of it, you know. Like I I have had you know my own sort of near death experience, but is it, I didn't have any meetings with any entities or anything. It was just really peaceful and nice, you know. I'm I'm glad that I wasn't dead enough to have to go through the life review. Yeah, well, that yeah, that would be if your life was really. It was really like the end. Like at the end of the movie, you just like see the and end. At the end of the movie on the screen, all you see is like the end in the old movies, you know. And then it would, yeah, that one it would be more like, uh, kind of like okay, yeah, uh, all right, now, uh, yes, uh, you know, you are, you're not going back. This is it. This well, is it. When we incarnate into a body. Do we do you think that we get to choose the lives that we live? And also do you believe like in soul groups or group reincarnation? So yes, uh soul group 
reincarnation, yes, yes, everybody, uh, every soul has a soul group that um, you, you come in together with, maybe not like in the same day, week, month, or year, but within the same sort of like close time period or generation. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, and, and these are people that, you, that uh, you're comfortable with, you're familiar with, you, you share past life experiences with them, there was something or someone to you in past lives. And they says, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm trifling now, but it's kind of like, okay, I'll go if Mickey goes, or, you know, and, <laughs> you know, I'll go, you know, it's like going to camp, you know, like when you're a kid, you're going to camp, says, no, I don't want to go to camp. Says, you know, and he says, only go if my friend um, Robbie goes. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, this is, you know, and then if he, you know, or and my friend Mickey goes, and they, they, we, we all go together. So, so, so he said more of a, creates more of a, like a circle, uh, a sphere of, of, uh, of uh, security, breaks, breaks uh, the insecurity. Um, so, yeah, the same the same soul group that you come in with the people that you're meant to meet again and be friends with, that you need to have some certain relationships with, uh, um, personal intimate relationships or marriages and, you know, and then maybe the same person that you were involved in intimate relationship for the past 20 lives and you're supposed to be meant to like marry them again, but divorce them and just finally cut off, finally break off with them in this life as painful, as painful as it is to break off from that soul that's been like, in, in so many of your past lives, so many of your movies, you know, it's, it's like, and it's like, not like you have the awareness of saying like, what are you doing here? Get the hell out of my movie. I don't want, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see you anymore. I have a friend like that, you know, who has a, <laughs> Had a short, short, brief, short, brief marriage with somebody, and I said, "Look, Mark, um, it, she's been with you in so many past lives. She's like, there's a dark energy around her that's that you're attached to. This is why you felt so depressed. You felt even like very hard, heavy feelings, even suicidal at times. And like, like if you don't let her go, Mark, this this will really physically kill you." So, yeah, mm -hmm. it just, yeah, I mean, you know, it makes sense on, on more than one level, more than, you know, you know several levels. Yeah. How about the agreements? Like, sometimes I hear, like, like people have, like, a soul contract or something like that. Yeah, soul contracts. Um, yeah, it, it's like, you know, you know. Okay, this time around, I'll, I'll I'll be the son, you'll be the mother, type of thing, or I'll be the brother, and you'll be my brother, or or something, you know. Yeah, for your, and uh, this plays out in your spiritual growth, uh, the manifestation here in the physical, in this physical place. So this plays out as part of your spiritual development, soul growth, soul transformation, and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, 
and very often they're guides. Very often they'll come back to you as guides, people that were in your past life, you had some kind of interaction or relationship with uh, past life many, many, many years ago, could have even like hundreds of years ago. And uh, was I was once told by somebody who was, who was very psychic that um, somebody um, from a soul contract is, is my guide is my guy that he that I uh, or I had some relationship with him whereby I helped him in a certain situation uh, in a distant past life and then he comes back from my guy to be my guy to be close to me and sort of like guide me protect me be my like guardian and it'll be like a contract it could be like even a short-term contract like maybe maybe it could be a soul contract like six months and then you don't need them anymore and you know hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier too with the healing was about everything being vibration. Uh, one of the topics that also comes up a lot from in my show is this idea of humans and planet Earth reaching a higher vibration and going through this process of extension. Uh, do you believe in that? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Uh, we can uh, um, vibrate and even uh, manifest in ascendant, transcendent, ascendant uh, forms in, in these dimensions, uh, in these alternate higher, uh, higher dimensions, um, raising our vibrations to like a higher level because everyone like vibrates on a certain frequency um and then if we can transcend the mind mind emotions and ego this frequency rises up vibrational frequency is increased so it's like amping up it's like amping up um uh, the the uh, the level of uh, vibrational vibrational frequencies very often in meditation raising your vibrational frequencies so you transcend and ascend into higher dimensions beyond well beyond the physical being while still being attached to the physical being the body as just a, a unit of uh, like uh, that's uh, like a computer with an operating system and then does uh, its daily functions. Um, but there is uh, like a spiritual artificial intelligence of, of uh, on an ethereal level when you transcend um, the, 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 um, the crystallized form of the mind. Do you think that we we all live in a holographic uh, a holographic universe of consciousness? On a subtle level, it's very it's very subtle. I mean, it's hard for the mind to imagine what like um, like you're living holographically. You know, you know, it's like but but I mean, you don't go into a bar and then you go go back home with a woman and says, you know, like you know, next day he says. Well, I holographically had sex with you. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was, I mean, 
for things to work, the mind has to believe that this is real and it's not a holograph. Right. But on a higher state of being and imagination of of, uh, of the high consciousness, which is actually in reality, the pure consciousness, there is a knowingness, there's a knowing, a knowledge that, yeah, this is um, a temporary world. It's, uh, yeah, you could call it, it, it's a holograph, it's a matrix, it's, uh, it's I'm in a dream. It's going to come and go just as though you had dreams at night. It's just all one big dream. <laughs> do, you, do, do, do you believe that there's a God? And if you do, like, what do you think his purpose is in creating all this? Um, I don't buy into like the idea of one supreme being being anthropomorphically speaking of God, um, as as depicted in the Bible, as, as religion mm -hmm. describes it. Religion teaches you, and uh, you know. Uh, very good at it you know like we have like the 13 attributes of god god is uh like a high you know it could be a father could be a king could be a, a creator master of the universe it's like 10 15 different things you know as the divine divine being that presumably changes forms and but is um there's a force there's an energy source of uh of creation of uh, that we are always connected with that we could always feel and on, on levels of high much higher vibrations and that we could tap into to for manifestation you know which is why like the law of attraction works so so incredibly like you know as, as though it's magic but like it's kind of magic but it's not really magic um, that's, uh, yeah, it's your own power. Your own, that's, that's within you that you just connected to this, the source. They say, like, it's just like the source, the source. Because, because, uh, because uh, you don't want to, well, once you theologize that divine entity of, uh, of energy from which we have life and, and the world from which the whole world was uh, created and evolved and it's changing and evolving all the time is uh, once you, you theologize it, you're just um, putting yourself into a narrow frame of reference in terms of your experience of spirituality. <laughs> hmm. so, so what is the purpose? Do you think it for life? Why do we have to have these experiences? Why do we even exist in the first place? Uh, it's uh, well because li life has to life has to manifest and evolve. So, uh, once upon a time on Earth, there was um, no life, and then there was the lowest form of life. So life evolved out of the water from an amoeba to, to a fish to a, like, kept on evolving higher forms, higher life forms, higher, higher life forms. That way we're going to have new species of beings. So, uh, like, there's different, there's different schools of thought of 
did we really just evolve in this planet or did we come from another planet? Uh, or we were, were we hybridized by alien beings from other worlds, from like higher forms of intelligence, higher, higher intelligence, which it seems to me more and more because of the human brain and the higher intelligence that we are naturally endowed with and that we have access to through a process of development and learning and gifts and superpowers, super talents, um, you know, some a lot more than others, of course, obviously, that it's uh, higher, higher intelligence, higher, higher life forms. That's uh, we um, got their uh, hybridization, their, their DNA, their consciousness, their genetic um, uh, material uh, to to create and manifest what what we do um but uh is that the ego hasn't evolved but by and large the world is is in the state that it is now and the state of humanity is in the state of now is because the the ego still is is arrested in in, in the stage of adolescence still has not grown and evolved as yet so you think we're still evolving rather than going through a um, process of de-evolution? I would, I would say more evolution, although the environment is going through devolution. You know, so there's these two, the two, it's a paradox of two um, contrary, uh, conflicting, diametrically opposed forces of uh, evolution in terms of human evolution, universal evolution, universal consciousness, and then destruction, environmental devolution, social devolution, the two are are clashing. It's like two, two worlds colliding. <laughs> it is mm. kind of complicated, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's hard to tell what, what is what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so with your healing... Um, like, what do you plan on doing next? Do you plan on just keep doing what you're doing, or do you plan on expanding your practice? I'll I'll do whatever I'm doing as long as I'm needed, as long as there's some demand, as long as there's someone out there who who needs more energy, who needs more uh, metaphysical quantum energy, quantum healing, whatever you want to call it. It's just you know, like. You know, if you feel better and you're able to like release the stuff that was blocking you from from being happy and feeling joy, well, yeah, something happened, then then it worked. Mm-hmm. Somehow it just worked. Whether or not you understand how or why or or any or the whole process, but just it just worked. It changed your life, transformed your life. Yes, you you feel much better. You're much uh, more effective, empowered being now than before. Yeah. Well, then. Yeah, something something clicked. It worked. So that in itself is uh, is great. Just to to it, it is uh, feeding energy, ch- um, transmuting energy. Sometimes it's, it's a lot of uh, teaching, a lot of uh, uh, imparting of of knowledge and awareness mm. to to somebody who is. Uh, 
one important aspect of them is thirsting for this validation, this reassurance. You know. Any plans on writing a book or anything like that? Um, well, I'm working, I started working on a book. I, well, I did write, write one ebook. Um, yeah, uh, meditation uh, and the fifth dimensional mind, which talks a lot about meditation and um, past lives and uh, past lives, ego mind. It's kind of like the the overview, general, like uh, manual for um, people just starting out on the path. And uh, but I started. Um, quantum book, uh, qu qu I'm calling it a uh, quantum healing, uh, tapping in to pure consciousness. So, which goes very, 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 very deep, um, into, uh, so, so like, um, taking apart the mind. Mm -hmm. they, you know that, that, that you know, the block for healing is, is the ego and the mind. So this is to to sort of like wade through the the muckety muck of of the mind of that thinks it's this and that when it's it's totally very far more from the truth. And uh, working with uh, what you believe in, belief systems, and. Uh, um, this whole thing of epi epigenetics and the beliefs, how belief systems can um, get in the way of you of you healing or create diseases that that weren't there before. So that um, you know the, the whole the whole quantum aspect of uh, of healing, you know, which the the underlying theme or message of the whole book was would be that you're not who you think you are <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um <laughs> I, I got um, one of my um buddhist teachers he 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 wrote a book called um no self no problem <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. well self yeah the the, the selfish the of the the small lie uh, the small uh, ego identified uh, self uh, that's individualistic and, and selfish of, of the child or the three or four year old child that says, we'll see like a candy or a toy and, and immediately grab at it and say, mine, you know, it's that natural mm -hmm. impulse. And still you go through life five, 10, 20, 30, 40 years later, and you're still doing mine, <laughs> you know, like you see money on the table, mine, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I always seem to slip back into it. <laughs> yeah. um, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Um, what type of meditation do you practice? Do you, like I noticed, I, I noticed, I saw on your website that you do TM, which is a transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do any other forms of meditation, like chakra well, meditations or anything um, like that? Guided meditations, and I have done for. For one of my courses, my course level one and two, I've done meditation on the chakras, which is a guided meditation. It's actually a guided meditation on the chakras, taking the student through the whole chakras from, from the first chakra, from the root chakra up into the crown chakra, 
And then sometimes if I go higher into the metaphysical chakra, sometimes from from there, I went in, in, in later years, I went even, even to the higher chakras, 8, 9, 10th, 11th, and 12th chakras. I mean, like beyond the 10th chakra, it's unimaginable. It's just like too too far out, too far out there. They reach the 12th chakra and it says, Oh, am I dead? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what happened? Like, you know, because there's fear, you know, mm-hmm. it says, oh, no, I don't want to lose my sense of identity. Yeah, everybody's attached to, to their own identity. But it's just an experience. It's not consciousness. Right. It, I know when I had my near-death experience, I, I was free from the identity, my identity. And that was like the best part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't have that baggage anymore. And um, and I really didn't want to come back either. I was like, I, I could I, I could do without all that, <laughs> but I guess I was meant to return. Yeah, yeah. I in one uh, group session we had in uh, like at a group meeting or workshop, we had one girl was in a room we had a couch she was lying on the couch and we went deep into a meditation even after the meditation when i like suggested everybody come back okay come back open your eyes but she was out she was still out for 45 minutes she couldn't come back she couldn't come back into her body <laughs> definitely yeah I, 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 I didn't want to you know um i don't know it's pretty cool <laughs> have you ever um, tried any drugs to have out-of-body experience, like ayahuasca or LSD? No. No? No. no I'm not knocking ayahuasca. LSD is like, you know, is a mind-altering substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, you know, a trip. You go on a, you go on a trip. But um, you're really playing with nature. You know, is that you're really fooling around with Mother Nature because um, you're working with substances that are highly addictive. You know, and once you have a trip, it feels good. You're going to want to repeat it again and again and again and again. But people forget this is a dangerous drug. This is a chemical substance mm-hmm. that um, will will destroy your 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 being. You know. Uh, and it, it's it's not really it's not really that that safe. And I don't believe everybody can do ayahuasca. There's some people who do ayahuasca and it was safe. Nothing happened to another mm-hmm. people who do ayahuasca and they had a horrible experience. It was like totally the wrong thing for them to do. Hmm. I had yeah. one guest who did it forty times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, I. I guess it's fine for some people, you know. I don't know. Um, so before we wrap this up, where can my listeners find you? Okay, well, uh, my website, um, www.quantumenergyhealing.weebly.com. All right. And um, I, will, I will post a link to and, that. And my Facebook page, which is... Um, the uh, www.facebook.com forward slash true life path institute. Okay. 
Um, you know, I have to send me a link to that one, and I'll put those in the notes of this episode, so my yeah. listeners can check you out. Great, right? Awesome. Well, thanks for taking time to talk to me today. Thank you for having me on. All right, I'll hang okay. on one moment, and I'm just going to play the outro. Okay. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.